You're listening to A Step Forward, episode 19. Welcome to A Step Forward, a podcast for orientation and mobility specialists. I'm your host, Cassie Maloney. Orientation and mobility specialists are changing the way that people with visual impairments view themselves, view their world, and are able to travel in the most independent way possible. Join me every week for simple how-to strategies and inspiring conversations that will help you get from where you are to where you want to be. If you're ready, we're about to rock and roll. Let's take a step forward. Welcome back. So last week was so much fun. I love being able to share with you all the things, not just about O&M and how to teach O&M, which we'll get back into that a little bit more in the spring, but also how to be a great professional. And if you guys are like a lot of O&M specialists, you might be looking around and wondering, can I do that? Can I actually present? Do I have something worthwhile? And if you skip last week's episode, that's fine because this will be kind of like the prequel to last week's episode and we're going to be talking about how to find your area of expertise so if you already know your area of expertise but you just need to or want to get better at actually presenting and having people engaged in your presentation and you want to walk away from your presentation feeling really inspired and like it was a great fun time and not like someone ripped your heart out, go back to the last episode and listen to that. But for this one, we're going to talk specifically to those O&M specialists who kind of feel like you're still trying to tread water, still trying to figure out where you fit in all of this. If you do want to present, what would you present on? How would you share your message? What message do you have to share? If you're in the range of zero to 10 years of experience, or if you have a lot of experience, but you've just been really shy about presenting or sharing your information in any form, then I urge you to stick with this. I think that today's conversation can be kind of fun, but I think it's also going to be kind of uncomfortable. And I'm going to share with you some of my past failures and use myself as an example of what it's looked like for me. A lot of you guys might have been following me for a long time. It sounds really weird to say following me, whatever. We've been friends for a long time. You might have watched me kind of grow up in a sense in front of the camera. And I think that what people see is this girl, it feels like she has things polished and she knows what she's doing and it might feel like it comes easy and I will tell you it doesn't none of this none of it comes easy if you were to see the behind the scenes of even just today or yesterday I sent out an email to so many people had zero subject and I was like oh right like we still make mistakes every single and I have to figure out how am I going to correct that mistake without (laughs) further looking like a fool. But that's kind of the game. That's part of the fun of it all. Anyway, that's how I choose to look at it. (laughs) So if you're in the situation where you 
feel like you don't know what your expertise could be in, then I want to share something with you. And I'm going to start this podcast off with a very hard truth. And that is when you don't share the successes that you've had, you are holding back not only yourself, but you're holding back your students because you know that you learn something better the more you teach it. You're holding back other O&M specialists. You're holding back their students and ultimately our entire community, people with visual impairments. I mean, no mic drop or anything, no pressure, no pressure. But if you really think about the grand scheme of that, is it worth it to not share your ideas? Is it worth it to continue to hold back because of fear of what people think of you? So let me ask you, if you could get over that fear, if you could put those thoughts away of, I don't know what I'm doing, who's going to listen to me? How am I going to do this? What are they going to think? Oh, I'm not the expert in that. Oh, I'm not the thought leader. Oh, I can't compete with so-and-so. I can't compete with this entity. I can't compete with anything. If you could get that up, what would that make possible for you? Hopefully you're thinking of some ideas right now. And maybe you're driving between students and you're starting to wonder, why not me? Because yeah, why not you? There's literally no reason why not. You are an expert. The thing that we have to do right now in the time that we have together is figure out, like workshop style, what you're an expert in. And the way we're going to go about this is with a little exercise. And you can just think about these things. You can write them down. You can pause, make notes in your phone. If you're driving, make an audio note for yourself so that way you can get it later. What I want you to do right now is think of one person who you can help. Say their name, picture what they look like, and if right now you can't think of one person that you can help, I bet it's because you're stuck back in that conversation we had like two minutes ago where you're stopping yourself. So we're just going to move past that completely for this entire rest of our conversation. And we're going to think about what is possible for me, for my students, for the rest of the world, whatever level you want to think about it in that doesn't bring up all of those negative thoughts. So you got your one person, right? Okay. Think about if you were to go to coffee with that person and they had a bunch of questions for you, what kind of questions do you think that they might ask you? And again, you can write this down. I would just list it all out. Pause this podcast if you need to. If you already have people asking you questions, great. Think about that. What kind of questions are they already asking you? Think about what are some of the things that you see this O&M specialist doing that you know that if you could be that person to tell other people what to do, it would help them. I mean, in real life, you can't just like walk up to somebody and say, oh, I see you doing A, B, and C, D. Maybe you should try this, that, or the other. I mean, some people can, some people do. If you're a university supervisor or if you are a supervisor in any sort, I hope you are doing that because that's what they need and that's your role. But if you're a friend, 
doesn't always work out that well. So if you could, what mistakes do you see people making? But if you could just share what you've been doing and like maybe it would light them up. Maybe they would get so excited. You know, if you imagine that you're at coffee and you tell them something, they say, oh, what a great idea. Just go back one second. What was that idea? What was that about? Now, if you're still on the fence or if you have a lot written down, what you're going to do is we're going to take this information and we're basically going to create a sub niche within O&M. O&M is already part of what you do. Now I want you to pick at least one other area in O&M to create a sub niche. Now a niche is defined as denoting or relating to products, services, or interests that appeal to a small, specialized section of the population. What we're doing, O&M in itself is a niche. Now you're going to specialize within your O&M because think about it as like a funnel, an upside down funnel, like an ice cream cone. You have more people up here at the top at like this general ed section, and then you come down just one layer, and then you've got special ed. You come down another layer, and you've got less people in the VI world. You come down one layer, and you've got O&M. Like we're already many layers down, right? And then if you come down just one more layer, there's a whole area, a whole like floor that's just waiting to be filled with you. Maybe you really like street crossings. Maybe you really like uncontrolled street crossings. Maybe you really like helping teenagers with RP deal with the psychological impact of losing their vision. Maybe you really like O&H or another impairment or disability. For me, and I stumbled upon this, you know, just not on purpose. I didn't know this side of business yet, but it really worked out really, really well for me is I had O&M and then I also had yoga and I was doing yoga in my daily life. I became a yoga teacher in my daily life, like not my daily life, my side life. What do you call that? Like your personal life. And I had already done my master's in BI and motor development for early intervention. So just taking all that together and just because of where I was and my caseload, I was able to then take it one step even further and specialize in yoga for children with visual and multiple impairments. Now I added two more to the O&M. You can add two more. You can add a subject and you can add an age range. You can add a population level. Just find something that like lights you up. Maybe it's not even teaching O&M teachers. Maybe it's helping mothers whose children have been newly diagnosed with a visual impairment. Maybe it's music in O&M. I don't know. Maybe it's something else. Whatever it is for you, go ahead and write that down. Now you've already written down all of the things that you know about and you've already then taken at least one other area besides O&M that you can combine. Now comes the hard part and that is actually gaining your expertise. If you already have the expertise and you're like, Cassia, I know all of these things. I was able to write down all of these things that I know, but I just haven't had the confidence 
to share them. I'm going to tell you how to share them in just a second. So hang on, stay with me. But if you are saying, okay, I'm really interested in this sub niche area. What now? Now, my friend, is where you work and you work. There's no magic pill. There's no gold coin. There's nothing anybody can give you to hand you that expertise. There's no shortcut around this besides having a healthy mental mindset. This is what you're going to do. You're going to do your best to seek out the type of students or the type of situations that can lead to you gaining more expertise. They typically say that you need 10,000 hours of doing something in order to be an expert. You know, you could take that or leave that however you want. I don't know who came up with that. You feel free to send me a DM and let me know who came up with that study. But the simple point remains that the more you do something, the more you become an expert at it. So if you work in a district where you're not the only one, I highly suggest just telling people your position, what you want to do, what you want to learn about. You don't have to say, I'm going to become the expert in this area. You can just say, hey, I'm highly interested in becoming better in this one area. I mean, who doesn't love a person who's professional and wants to grow, right? So then you're going to learn. You're going to study. You're going to Google. You're going to listen to podcasts. You're going to read the blogs and you're going to try new things. You're going to think about these new things, like set aside time just to think. Could just be like a couple extra minutes in the shower. Showers are really good conductors. There's some metaphysical reason about why the water hitting that part of your head really helps bring up ideas. That's why people get more ideas in the shower. I get a lot of ideas when I'm driving and can't write them down. So a lot of voice notes, whatever it is for you, just make sure that you are purposely either setting aside time or creating time in your day just to think about, just think about it. That's it. No pressure. Think about it. Because what you want to do is you want to come up with your own thoughts. I know it sounds crazy, but come up with your own thoughts and try them out. And you're going to strategically plan to fail. You're going to strategically still reach for the IEP goals, still do everything that you need to be doing. I'm not saying go wild, but make sure that you allow yourself to implement your new ideas. Strategize. You can make it as scientific as you want it to be and take as much data as possible. And while you're doing this, this will, you know, take however long it takes. We'll also want to be researching some good scientific information about the subject so you can see what people have done in the past and go off from there. There's not really a need to reinvent the wheel in our profession, although people do all the time simply because we have a lack of resources. But if you can find something on PubMed, uh, Google Scholars, if you still have access to your university journals, or if you can go to a local uh, library or anything like that, and they might have those journals, just look them up. Okay, so once you start to feel like, okay, I am an expert, the next thing is to write down your ideas. Write them down, journal on them, and see if you can come up with a way that they fit into like a format or formula. So for example, if you go into Donna Sauerberger's website, she will list out step one, step two, 
step three, step four. It's not just jumbled up in her head like, like willy-nilly. She actually wrote this down. And I'm sure she went back and she read it, she edited it, she taught it, she read it, she edited it, she taught it. Until that way of doing things was so perfected that she was then able to teach it to other people. Because once you have it that down that much, you can then teach it to other people. And there you go. You're now an expert. Now I know it doesn't just stop right there. I know that a lot of imposter syndrome can come up along the way because this isn't something that you just do when you are. It's something that you try on. I'm reading this book right now, The Richest Man in Babylon, and in it, it says that a rich man becomes rich because he has the soul of a rich man. Same thing with your expertise. You're going to embody this. You're not just going to like go collect a bunch of stuff. You're going to embody your expertise. And then once you feel secure, or maybe like right before you feel secure, apply to present somewhere. And when you apply to present, this is one thing that I'm going to say. Please remember that you've done all this work and now it's time to get out of the way. I know that work was tough. I know that work was grueling, but once you give it to other people in that moment where you are picking up your work to hand it to someone else, you're picking up that roadmap to hand to someone else. It is no longer about you. You're not the sage on the stage. You are there to guide them because newsflash, they're adults and they can solve their own problems. I don't care if they're 19 years old and you know a sophomore in their university program. They are the people that are going to solve their problems. Just like I don't solve yours. You solve your own problems. I just help you. So please, as you are going through this, remember all you have to do is help one person. And if that's all you do, you have changed somebody's life because you have the courage to stand up. You have the courage to look for those potholes, to find those potholes to go back to the drawing board and redo it and look at it and write it again. And there were so many times when I was writing the book that I wrote where I was sitting on the couch and I would just be like paralyzed, just in pure fear. What are people going to think of me? How is this going to come off? I'm not the expert. What if they do this wrong? All of this stuff that I was so scared that people were going to say that they were going to put me up some, on like some pedestal and then try to tear me down because that's what we do in our society. I don't know as much about the other societies. Like if you live in Australia or Canada, this may not happen that much where you live, but at least here in America, we do this all the time. We put people up on this great pedestal and then we're like, oh, you don't look good there. I'm going to rip you down. Think about all these musicians, you know, all these other people that end up with all these like addiction problems and and we put them in the spotlight and then we just tear them apart. For some reason, you know, my brain was just trying to protect me and I just, I thought that's what was going to happen. Like, who am I? Who am I to say anything? It's not about that. It's simply about joining the conversation. And sometimes it's simply about starting the conversation that 
you think we need to start. And that's okay. And that's great. And that is where progress comes from. So just to recap real quick, I hope this was inspirational for you and gives you a little bit of insight into the fact that anybody can do this. Anybody. I was going to say, because you don't have to be a special snowflake, but you are a special snowflake. Everybody is a special snowflake. All you need to do is get out of your own way. Talk to one person. Help them solve one thing that combines two areas that you love. O&M and something else. Or O&M and two other things that you just absolutely love. You can't fake this stuff. Go out there, get your expertise, try it, plan to fail, try it again, keep going, and then put it out there right before you're actually ready. Because if you wait until you're ready, like fully ready, unless you're one of these people that's super confident, that might be too long. You don't need to be the expert in the room, but I do urge you to join or start the conversation. So... I hope you enjoyed that and I hope that you can take that and use it as you take a step forward. Come over to the Instagrams. Come hang out with me at Cassie Maloney. I hope to see you there.